Welcome into another episode of Preview in the Pokes. I'm your host, Josh Criswell. Got a lot of good stuff to get into, a little bit more of a positive tone following the Cowboys' double overtime victory over Tulsa last weekend. Going to talk a little bit of Northern Colorado with my co-host, David Graff, at the end of the show. But first things first, we're going to be joined by Jaden Adams of the Greeley Tribune to help give a little bit of insight on the Bears. Joined right now by Jaden Adams from the Greeley Tribune, covers the Northern Colorado Bears, and she's going to help provide a little bit of perspective on what the Cowboys can expect this weekend. So I'll get right down to it. You know, one of the things that Wyoming has had some problems with in recent years is putting away FCS teams. Last three FCS games decided by five or less points. In your opinion, what's going to be Northern Colorado's key to keeping this one close on Saturday? I think limiting penalties. They had over 500 yards of offense um, in their first game against Houston Baptist, but they lost. Um, and those penalties were a killer 105 yards. Like, like 105 yards. I can't even get over it. It's crazy. That's a whole football field and then some. So I think if they can really lock in, that they have a shot. But we'll see. You know, one thing that stood out to me, you know, you mentioned the offense, you know, two talented quarterbacks, both highly touted high school uh, recruits once upon a time. Uh, Just what's kind of the QB situation looking like? Is it a two quarterback system or, um, you know, how do you see them using that position on Saturday? So the official story is Dylan is currently day to day with an injury. I don't I don't know the situation. They, you know, they won't give details. I think. Jacob Sermon is the guy you need to go to. Um, Yes, he had some mistakes, but I think some of that was not having enough help. A lot of, a lot of freshmen are on the O-line, but at least to me, they looked more cohesive when he was leading the charge. Um, So I think that's where you need to go. Also in terms of health, um, if you want Dylan later in the season, if you feel confident in um, his leadership and what he's going to be able to do, I think you sit him out um, in a game that matters. But when you're going for the Big Sky Championship, it doesn't count. Um, And so I think you're going to – I would go with Sermon, but that's just me. Right, and, you know, everyone knows about the quarterbacks. Who's uh, maybe another another name or two to watch as far as the Bears go that could make an impact this weekend? Absolutely. Travis Graham, he's the grad transfer at wide receiver. He made some great passes this weekend. Um, things just seem to be flowing with him on the field. Um, Elijah Dotson, also just, a you know, a great running back, came from Sac State. Um, he had some good runs. Um, if Sermon is the guy they go to, um, I would also say Alec Pell is a guy to watch out for. He had, let's see, uh, 68 yards on eight catches. Longest one was 23. Um, you know, I think he wasn't in for super long, but I kind of, I, you know, I got a good vibe from him. I, I was seeing some good stuff. So those are probably some guys on offense, defense. I want to say David Hogue, but he's going to be out for who knows how long, if not the season. So at this point, I'm uncertain. I, I need some more time to to see the defense. There, there need to there needs to be some guys that step up, and I didn't quite see that on Saturday. 
Right. And, you know, on, on the defense, what would you say is the strength of that group just with the current makeup of the team and who's available? You know, Vincent King, he had a couple of good tackles. He had a big sack. Um, he is in his, what, I think second year now officially. Um, I think if he can kind of get going, he's someone who could impress. Nick Norris, I think, had some had some good tackles. I think it's just kind of getting everyone on the same page, really. Um, last year, they did a great job, I think, defensively. It depended on the game. Um, but they had overall, you know, they had a good season. I was relatively impressed, at least in comparison to, uh, to past years, um, keeping teams under three touchdowns pretty consistently is a, is a good job for them. Um, so if they just getting on the same page, you know, um, there were, uh, there were missed assignments. There were um, just some communication issues and cleaning up that small stuff will take them a long way. Right. And I used to cover the Southland conference myself once upon a time. So I know that Houston Baptist isn't exactly the, the cream of the crop as far as that league goes. Um, what was uh, outside of the penalties? What were just some of the things that were giving them trouble out there last week? I think Houston Baptist came in really wanting to win. Um, they were aggressive. They were physical um, for better or worse. I know there were some, you know, controversial calls, some controversial tackles, but they really wanted to win. And um, Vic Shirley said after the game, he wasn't particularly impressed with his guys. Um, he said there were mistakes on their side, but they were really eager. Um, Ishmael, I'm drawing a blank on his last name. Muhammad, I think, I think that's their guy, their tailback. He was impressive. He made some really great plays. I think they just caused disruption. And and when you have those communication issues, when you have guys just making little mistakes, if you can take advantage of those, you go a long way and you win the game. And that's what they did. Well, Jaden, last question for you, you know, as I do with all my guests, uh, you know, just what's your prediction for what we're going to see out there on Saturday? You know, I hate these because I'm always so wrong. Because <laughs> um, I said last week they were going to win. I think I think they will have hopefully learned their lesson coming into this weekend. <sighs> the offense surprised me. So I'm going to say, I don't know, we'll say 35-27 in favor of Wyoming. I... I don't know that UNC is strong enough to beat them, not after their double overtime win last weekend. But I also think UNC is good enough to give them a run for their money if they actually get everything together. So we'll go with that. Awesome. Well, Jaden, I really appreciate it. Make sure to follow all of her work at Jay Watson Fisher on Twitter. Uh, Jaden, I really appreciate it. And hopefully I'll see you up here on Saturday. Great stuff from Jaden Adams of the Greeley Tribune. Make sure to follow all of her work for a little bit of a UNC perspective on this weekend's game. But now, as we do every week, joined by my co-host, David Graff. His first week being off the Wyoming beat in a little bit. Currently out in Washington starting a new gig. Congratulations to him. But I'm really excited that you're going to be here with us to keep continuing this preview in the folks. Thanks, Josh. Couldn't be more excited to uh, be in Washington and 
still very excited to continue on here with you, you know, the Wild Sports Podcast. It's like Robert and I's baby. So let's just – before we get into this weekend's matchup, you and I both love FCS football as well. And so we know a little bit about Northern Colorado and the state of the program. And I, I shouldn't laugh, but where, where they're at as a, as a team. But let's go back to the Tulsa game. Absolutely electric game. Another big-time home opener win. Just what a way to reel in fans going into the into the whole season, really, once again for the Pokes. What, what did you take away from uh, the Golden Hurricane? Yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing, um, you know, outside of the passing attack, which basically rose from the dead last week and, you know, most passing yards, I want to say, since – uh, 2020. Um, one of the things that was really impressive about the passing attack and the thing that I thought made the difference was their willingness to throw the ball on early downs. You know, as anyone who's followed this team recently can tell, you know, they love to go run, run, and then pass on third and long. That wasn't the case. I mean, they were airing it out early and early in downs, early in drives. Andrew Peasley, I think 16 of 20 on first and second down, both of his long touchdown throws coming on first down situations. But I I think really the thing that stood out to me the most was just the resiliency of this team. I mean, I have a feature coming out on Cam Stone for this weekend's game day wrap, and he's a perfect example. You know, he had a rough first half. Uh, pro football focus had him giving up six or five catches for close to a hundred yards, but I want to say he didn't uh, allow a completion in that entire second half. And there was kind of a moment, you know, they had a, a third down uh, up by seven Tulsa was, and they took a shot to the end zone. Cam stone breaks that up three plays later, Andrew Peasley hits Josh Cobbs of the game tying touchdown. Um, you know, they get some late stands, uh, force the late fumble in the final two minutes to send it to overtime. And it was, uh, you know, just really a, a resilient performance from the Cowboys and probably, uh, or not even probably, you know, I'd say definitely something that energized the fan base where if that touchdown pass gets completed by Tulsa early in the fourth quarter, you know, you could be talking about a 14, 21 point loss. And I think just all the energy zapped out of this fan base. Now they have a little bit of momentum and can maybe build on that moving forward. Yeah. You mentioned the early passing on first and second down behind the camera. That was something that threw me off on Saturday. I wasn't used to them dropping back and, and airing it out. I I got caught off guard a few times. That was exciting to see, honestly. Andrew Peasley, man. Talk about a, a champion. I, I got some chills as I was driving out here to Washington and passed through his old hometown of LaGrand, Oregon. I was thinking about his his folks and working as cowboys growing up. So good for him, happy for him to kind of see his star at least maybe begin to take off. Obviously, he's got a long way to go to be the guy and be somebody that Pokes fans remember for a long time. So, well, let's get into Northern Colorado here. What are, what are your initial impressions of the Pokes going into this game? 
Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, we both follow FCS football closely, and I think anyone that follows FCS football closely knows that Houston Baptist isn't exactly a juggernaut by any stretch, and losing to them by 12 points isn't a positive sign for UNC, but I think there were some good things to take away from it. Um, You know, you take away more than 100 yards and penalties, and that's probably a lot different game. Um, The defense obviously got hammered, but the passing game was really sound. Uh, I don't have the number off the top my head but I want to say over 400 yards passing between the two quarterbacks and that's going to be interesting you know because Wyoming if there's been one area where the defense has struggled it's been in giving up passing plays now I don't think that that UNC is going to make necessarily as many contested catches as Illinois and uh, Tulsa did these last two weeks. But for a passing defense that currently ranks last in the Mountain West, giving up close to 330 yards per game, I think this is going to be not necessarily a big test, but if you're going to play a, against an FCS opponent and one that's not really, a, you know, North Dakota State, South Dakota State that you expect to, you know, be in the mix to pull off an upset, I think facing a team that does well what you're struggling with is probably the best thing you can ask for before you head into Mountain West play. I know that a lot of people were concerned about the secondary heading into the season or fans at least were like, man, they're replacing a lot of guys who put up a lot of great numbers last year. But the coaching staff was very confident in the secondary's ability to keep that bar and maybe even get better. Do you think that that is possible? That's something that, you know, the secondary can work towards to, is it going to be the kind of thing where they're peaking in November? I think it's definitely making up to be that way. Uh, One of the things that really impresses me about it is the fact that they seem to get better as the game went on last week. You know, uh, Davis Brin was kind of looking like Tom Brady out there for a minute, but it, uh, they really kind of honed in as the game went on. FCS example. He was looking like Bailey Zappi. There we go. (laughs) former Houston Baptist star right there. But, uh, but no, I think the thing that really impressed me was just the, uh, the ability to get stronger as the game went on. You know, this is a, a team that's using three new cornerbacks, essentially. I know Cam Stone was with the team last year. I know Ja'Cory Hawkins and Deron Harrell have power five experience, but they've never been in this role before, you know, in this type of defense. So it's a lot of new moving pieces with chemistry, you know, guys at the safety spot, like Wyatt Eckler getting increased playing time. So I really think a lot of it is just getting more comfortable playing with each other. And, you know, you saw that down the stretch last week, I'm trying to find the stat right here. Um, down the stretch, you know, the first play of the fourth quarter, Tulsa throws a touchdown pass. They only completed five of 11 after that throughout the remainder of the fourth quarter and in the two overtimes. They also failed to convert on five third down throws. Obviously, one of those would have gone for a first down, but the Cowboys got the big fumble at the end of the fourth quarter. So I think that there's positive signs, and that's one of the things that uh, cornerbacks coach Benny Boyd really pointed to is just the fact that you saw progress from game one to game two, whereas there were more passing yards allowed, but they're a little bit more efficient in terms of the completion percentage they gave up. And then in that fourth quarter and overtime, they really rose to the occasion. So I think this will be the kind of the perfect bounce back week. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities to make plays with as much as Northern Colorado wants to air it out. So I'm not a, 
not too concerned. I, I would have been a lot more concerned this time last week than I was after the Tulsa game. Now, if Tulsa continued the trajectory it was on throughout most of that game, I'd probably be pretty concerned. But, um, you know, even the 400-something passing yards, a lot of that came off of some missed tackles, some contested catches. So it's not like we were turning around and seeing guys burning the Cowboys 10 yards behind the secondary. It was more of a, a Tulsa made some good plays. Wyoming needs to make some more plays of their own as far as takeaways go. Uh, but I think they're trending in the right direction. What do you think? Yeah, Tulsa certainly made some Instagram, TikTok-worthy plays. I, I don't think that Northern Colorado was capable of pulling that off against the Pokes. They're, they're a team. Wyoming has struggled when they bring in the FCS opponent to try and get the season rolling. I mean, Montana State last year, obviously the Bobcats were a different caliber squad than Northern Colorado, but I think back to the year after Josh Allen left with Tyler Vanderwall. And so this is kind of, this is a scenario where the Pokes <laughs> history dictates that it's kind of a letdown situation. I hope that's not the case, especially with Northern Colorado. I, I don't want to disparage the great Ed McCaffrey too much, but he certainly has not, got it up to Valor Christian levels of dominance there in Greeley. So I'll just, I'll leave it at that. I think that there should be a lot of optimism going into this week. This should be a, a game where the pokes roll, especially if the offense does not go back to, you know, what it, what it's accustomed to a first and second down runs passing only on third down. If, we see a nice mix of play calling, then I think we're, I think the Cowboys are in great shape. Anything else you want to close this out with our predictions for the week? Let's give some predictions, prediction time. All right, why don't you start us off? Well, I do want to take a bit of a victory lap. Jeremiah gave me some props. Easton Gibbs didn't have the pick six, but did recover that fumble in the end zone for a defensive touchdown as well as Jordan Bertinoli being the big man to create that sack and create that sequence, Cole, Cole Goodbow kicking it into the end zone. I mean, talk about poetic. That was, that was beautiful last Saturday. So this Saturday, I think that the Cowboys defense gets uh, their hands on a few more balls. I think that four five turnovers isn't out of the realm of possibility, whether they're picking them up off the ground or, picking them off through the air. So I, I'm going to go Cowboys 37, Northern Colorado 6. How about you? Yeah, so I think Northern Colorado might put up a little bit more points just because of the nature of their offense um, and how much they like to throw the ball. Uh, but I do think the Cowboys are going to roll in this one. I would guess, you know, probably around – 42 to 17 or so is what I'm looking at. Um, you know, maybe 49, 17, somewhere in that range. I think the running game's really going to get going. Uh, you know, Northern Colorado gave up over 100 yards and a touchdown on eight carries to Houston Baptist's top running back. So I can only imagine what Titus Swin is going to be able to do to that defense. You know, with him still probably recovering a little bit from the bruised ribs, I would also imagine that this is a chance to get, you know, DQ James and Joey Brash some carries. So it wouldn't surprise me if we see 
one of these backups or even two of them getting close to the century mark on the ground. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, I think the Cowboys will win comfortably. I think Northern Colorado might sneak in a touchdown or two, but I think there's not going to be any doubt as far as the winner in this game. That's what you love to hear. That's what you love to hear when you're wearing brown and gold on Saturday. So looking forward to your coverage, Josh, I'll be following along from afar. Can't wait. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening to the preview and the pokes podcast. I'm Josh Criswell. He's David Graff. Make sure to go to yosports.net for all your Cowboys coverage, and we'll talk to you next time.